Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Steel Town Sleepers. Your host, Tony Squares, joined by the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mr. Chris Dell himself. We are a part of the North Shore Drive podcast family and on YouTube at PG Sports Now YouTube channel, talking about the fantasy football angles, players you should start, players you should stay away from, and also diving in to the very interesting Steelers matchup we have coming up. So much has happened. The Los Angeles Chargers have fired their head coach. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship is on the rocks because he had a football practice to attend to. But, Dell, we have to talk about the Colts-Steelers matchup. These two teams right now sit in the wild card positions. I don't know if either one deserves those positions, but they're there right now. And the winner of this could really help themselves, propel themselves into the playoffs. What's going to happen tomorrow oh, man. or later today, I guess? Yeah, I know, right? Well, it, well, for the for the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift uh, drama, if anyone hasn't followed yet, make sure to follow your man Tony Squares on TikTok for the late breaking Pulitzer Prize winning type of content. It's hilarious stuff Tony's posting over there. So I got a kick out of that one earlier today. And the brand the Brandon Staley, man, I thought that would, I, I was surprised it came until noontime today. I thought that was going to happen first thing in the morning, at like six a.m. But yeah. uh, you know. It, talking about teams where you think it can't get any worse and then it does. And that's been the Pittsburgh Steelers tune pretty much for the most part of this season. And looking at this game overall, I mean, it, it's amazing that after losing to back and back, uh, back to back two and 10 uh, record teams that they're still in the sixth seed, the first wild card spot, the playoffs started today would go to the Pittsburgh Steelers here. And, you know, you look at this matchup overall and there are some positives to take out of it just on paper in terms of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, we talked about wanting to buy in, to the Patriots running game just two weeks ago. We were very bullish on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and this supposedly no-look Matt Canada-less offense here in Pittsburgh. And now you look at the Indianapolis Colts, like they've been one of the worst running defenses in the yeah. league for most of this season. And that, to me, is the silver lining in this matchup to where, yes, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe they have the disadvantage of quarterback, even though Gardner Minshew's not all that great on the other side. But, yes, the Colts are without their starting running back, Jonathan Taylor, but – Zach Moss is also pretty good, just like Gardner Minshew's been good in Anthony Richardson's absence. I look at the running game advantage in terms of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, maybe they're not uh, one of the elite run blocking units in the league, but they're certainly a little, at least a little bit above average. Whereas the Colts are 30th out of 32 teams in PFF run defense overall. Mm. So the the one area that concerns me here is if the Colts wind up being able to put up points against Pittsburgh. Then you look at the Steelers needing to drop back, and that's where they have a fairly significant disadvantage, whereas the Colts are ninth in PFF pass rush grade, top five overall in ESPN's pass rush win rate. Uh, the Steelers, on the other hand, are 29th out of 32 teams in PFF pass blocking grade. So if this game is a low-scoring game here, if this game goes under the total uh, of what it is, uh, 42 points, I think that's advantage Steelers. If we see the game go over the 42, I think it's clearly advantage Colts. I think it's pretty cut and dry in terms of how I see it. The Steelers can establish their run game. You definitely want to be buying in to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, but I'm just not so sure that's going to happen after these last two weeks. If Gardner Minshew comes into town and uh, starts just roping throws left and right again, like Bailey Zappi did, I, I, I think the Boo Bells, uh, I think that the, the, the everyone yelling for Tomlin to go would be cacophonous. I, I think Pittsburgh should handle business here because they like to do their whole offense is built around something that Indy really struggles to stop. And they need to be able to control the ball here and control the clock in order to beat Indianapolis. But at the same time, I could see Michael Pittman and Josh Downs really going crazy in this game. I'm very worried. I, I, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in a fantasy league and I, I flat dropped them. I sent them to the yeah. waiver wire. To pick well, that's up what we talked else. about last week. Yeah. I think that's the right call. I, I absolutely think dropping the Steelers defense at this point to waivers that's a sabotage drop. I think dropping the Cowboys defense is the same way. Yes, there's talent on the defense, but can you trust them in any matchup, especially a road matchup? The Colts are uh, run plays at one of the highest rates in the league. You're going to yeah, get a lot of play fast. volume out of this team. And the Steelers, frankly, their their one biggest strength on defense has been turnovers. And, you know, part of that is due to luck. Part of that's due to talent, yes. But the run defense has not been sticky in terms of its effectiveness. Neither has the pass rush or the pass defense, their secondary still in experience. I think the biggest issue here for them is how do you stop a wide receiver like Michael Pittman, who's basically evolved into a elite wide receiver fantasy status, if not real life fantasy status. I've got Michael Pittman for this week 
uh, easily inside of my top 12. I got him as a wide receiver one in this matchup. Yeah. You're looking at a guy that I, I just don't know. The Steelers have struggled to defend pass catchers over the middle of the field here. And, you know, Pittman isn't exclusively a slot receiver. He pretty much lines up all over the formation. But yeah. this is a guy who's now seen double-digit targets in four straight games. He has 27 targets just in his last two games. So this guy is getting fed at a high level. They've seen them basically run the entire passing game through Pittman over the last month. Joey Porter Jr., you know, talented rising quarterback. I don't think he's ready to defend a big physical receiver to the likes of Michael Pittman just yet. That's the one area that does concern me for the Steelers defense more than anything in this matchup. So we are heading into the fantasy playoffs in most leagues. And if you are lucky enough to be in those playoffs, you might have some roster decisions you have to make. Other than Michael Pittman, is there anyone in this matchup on either side that you would feel comfortable playing in your lineup? Because I'm struggling to find anything. I said last week I was going to argue with you that we don't need to talk about the Steelers anymore from a fantasy football perspective because if you have one of their players on your team, you likely didn't make the playoffs because of how badly they performed all season long. But is there anyone in a Steelers uniform or in a Colts uniform that you're saying, I don't mind starting them in this matchup? Pittman is obviously one of them. You know, I think the next guy that – yeah, Zach Moss is definitely definitely a top 10 borderline mm. starter because of the workload he's been given. It hasn't necessarily translated these past couple weeks, but I think you can absolutely go back and trust him. He's consensus running back nine uh, this week, and I've got him inside my top – I've actually got a couple uh, – I've got him a couple spots higher than that. Just in terms of the workload, he had eight targets – 13 carries last week, just hasn't found the end zone in about three weeks in a row now. So yeah. that's the only thing really holding him back. But the workload is absolutely there. And if you're getting eight targets and 13 carries, 20 plus touches a game, that's a guy you're going to start. You, I'd be hard pressed to find a guy you're going to sit with that type of workload in the NFL, regardless of the matchup right now. So yeah, I think Zach Moss for me. And then the, the honestly, the third I would go to would, as ugly as it sounds, I would say it's really a coin flip between what your needs are, right? Like if you, Need a flex option if you're in a deeper type of league. If you've been ravaged with injuries, I could see your I I could see you be willing to turn to Josh Downs, uh, the Colts rookie wide receiver from North Carolina. This is a guy who was really coming on the uh, about uh, about a month ago, but he's seen his production and volume in in this passing game kind of tick down these last couple weeks because it's really just been the Michael Pittman show. So you know, a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, Josh Downs in Week 12 had a career high. 13 targets has only seen a combined eight targets over his last two games. And when you look at the rankings overall this week, it's very difficult to try to parse like, yes, Josh yeah. Downs is the number two receiver in this offense, but where does he fit in with the rest of the league? I've got Josh Downs as wide receiver 37 this week. I think that might even be a little higher than other people are ranking him in the industry on, on the flip side. I just, I can't trust any no. Steelers wide receivers, Tony, Although I will say, I, I think if, you know, due to the tight end position this year and, you know, we really haven't seen consistent play all around, Pat Fryermuth maybe, but I, I'd even be hard-pressed <laughs> to trust Fryermuth, man. Like, if you've got Darren Waller coming off IR in his first game, uh, if you've got a Logan Thomas sitting on waivers out there, I would even start your boy Tucker Kraft, the rookie tight end from the Packers. I, I would start him over Pat Fryermuth, and that's kind of the range I got Dude, Pat Fryermuth. Tight end 17 for Fryermuth. It's not the worst play in the world, but I, I just think you have better options unless you're talking about like 14, 16 team leagues type of deals here. Yeah, yeah. Any any player you start on Pittsburgh, even the running backs, you are putting a lot of trust in Mitch Trubisky to not screw everything up, which he has shown he is apt to do. Uh, Dell, before we move on to the other positions here, uh, I, I think it's such a pivotal game and it's coming up in a mere hours after we post this. It's only a one point spread. This is essentially a pick em. Who you got winning this game, India Pittsburgh? <laughs> That's a tough one, man. I, honestly, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, Indy. I, I just, you know, I, I don't. Damn. I don't trust the. I don't trust the Steelers' defense right now uh, to be able to win the game by themselves. I think the Steelers' defense is above average as a defensive unit, top to bottom. I don't think they're elite. I think they have elite players but they're not elite top to bottom, and that's what scares me. We've seen this defense single-handedly win like three games this season. Yeah. I, I think that too much was put on their shoulders earlier in the year, and as much as we want to dog Kenny Pickett, you know, Mitch Trubisky's not the type of game manager quarterback 
that you can win with given the state of this team and this defense right now because he is going to turn the ball over. He does make those types of throws. I, I think you're going to see a short leash on Trubisky in this game. If you see him come out and struggle early, oh, the Steelers fall behind. Do not be surprised to see a quarterback change at halftime. Not saying Mason Rudolph's going to come in and do any better, but uh, people are clamoring for him. Uh, uh, Tomlin's on, on a tight leash right now. There's a lot of – we talked about that a lot last week. I don't want to beat a dead horse there, but – you know, you're starting the Colts defense, Tony, if you got them. I, I I have the Steelers as one of the top five offenses we want to target with our fantasy defenses the rest, the rest of the way in the fantasy uh, uh, playoffs here in the first round, in the semis, and also in the, in the fantasy finals when they're on the road at Seattle. Seattle's defense is available in a ton of leagues right now. I think they're absolutely worth stashing and, and picking up just for that matchup alone whether it's Mason Rudolph or Trubisky under center at that time. So Colts defense, I think you can trust more than anyone outside of Michael Pittman and Zach Moss in this matchup. And if you got kickers, you can absolutely ride with Matt Gay as well. He's a top 10 kicker in my rankings, but I got to go Colts. Except last week when he missed everything he took last week. But I will say you're going <laughs> to yeah. go with the Colts. I'm going to go with the Steelers because yeah. the Colts stink. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Colts Give me a final score, Tony. Give me a final score. What you got, man? I think it's a 17-13 game for Pittsburgh. I, I think it's low scoring, and I think the Colts stink. I, I do think the defense wins another one for Mike Tomlin and this team. And I still don't know if they finish over 500, but I think they get their eighth <laughs> win in just a few hours. But let's move on to the other games. Let's move on to the other positions because we are the Steel Town Sleepers. We want to give you some picks, whether there are guys on your bench that you're considering starting or considering staying away from. We did really well last week with some of these positional groupings. Let's dive in again. And we're going to start out with the quarterbacks. Last week, for the first time in the history of this show, me and Dell gave out the same two people in the quarterback position. Normally, we try to switch stuff up, because we, but we were so uh, uh, dead on with our picks. We didn't want to move off of it. We both told you to buy into Justin Fields. We thought he was going to be QB1. He ended up QB3. And we told you to sell CJ Stroud, who, yes, he got injured, but even in the when he was playing in that game, did not do anything, finished as QB30. So we were right on with these quarterbacks, and quarterbacks really are so such a pivotal position. You usually only play one, and if you hit it right or you hit it wrong, it could ruin or make your season. And in the playoffs, it's do or die. You lose, you go home. So let's dive into the quarterback position again, Dell. Give me a name that you think is worth a look at, whether you're starting them or staying away from them. Who's the first quarterback? Okay, I want to say here that the top eight is pretty much industry consensus right now, top to bottom, however you had them ordered. So I don't want to talk about those guys for the sake of this, although I think I, you might be talking about one of them. But we know the top five, Josh Allen, Lamar, Jalen, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, uh, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, right? Who comes after that? Right now, the industry consensus has Matthew Stafford, number eight. I don't disagree with that. Uh I like Geno Smith a lot this week. Geno Smith's on track to play in this game. He missed the previous week. All reports are is that he's going to be good to go. He's at home, and he's against a Philadelphia Eagles secondary, which might be bottom five in the league to this point. Uh, yeah. We, we've seen them just give up loads of production through the air. You know, they've been pretty good on the ground. And, and this is a game where Seattle needs to go, you know, full pedal to the metal here in terms of them – having a realistic chance to get into the NFC playoffs as well. They're still in the race there. And I think you look at Gino, his time to throw when they came off the bye two weeks ago in that primetime spot against Dallas, he was the QB one that week, Tony. Exactly. The overall QB one with 31 points, 41 pass attempts, 334 yards, three touchdowns, even had an interception. Yes. He had a rushing touchdown mix in. That's not going to happen most weeks, but even without that rushing touchdown, he still gave you an elite quarterback uh, finish. You know, that's the Geno that we saw in 2022. That's why so many of us were bullish on him uh, yeah. coming into this year. You look at last year, you can you can rattle off about half the games of the 2022 season, QB 7, 2, yeah. 4, 5, 3, 7. Like, he was finishing in the top 10 with regularity. So I'm more than comfortable going into this matchup where Seattle – is at home. He's had a week's rest. They're four-point underdogs, which means they're pro they're probably going to need to throw more often than not in this matchup, given the fact that uh, Philly's run defense is elite here. But their yeah. secondary is graded 26th out of 32 teams in PFF coverage grade. Seattle, on the other hand, top 10 in pass rate over expectation. I love when those two things meet up in a line yeah. for me. So I'll probably be 
betting some player prop overs on some Geno passing props as well as DK Metcalf. And I really like Geno to be a top 10 fantasy QB this week if he plays. Dell, uh, yeah, that that is huge. Obviously, if he plays, you got to keep your eye on that when it comes to whether he's playing or not with that groin injury. But Dell, uh, we did it again, man. I'm right there with you. This is this week's Justin Fields for us. I had Geno Smith as the first name I wrote down. I just think this is a a great matchup for him. And what really impressed me was the week he didn't play when it was Drew Locke out there. We know Drew Locke. We know I've never been impressed with what Drew Locke can do. It's always was he had the tools but couldn't put it all together. And yes, obviously they lost that game. Drew Locke played, but that offense was still pretty explosive and was still making plays all over the field. People were very open. And that was against a good defense with a bad quarterback. I think Geno can step in and really showcase what this offense can do. We saw it against Dallas, a game that they arguably should have won if their defense makes one play whatsoever but now they sit here six and seven on the outside looking into the playoff race they cannot lose this game against philly because i don't know if nine and eight gets you a wild card seed in the nfc they are the underdogs i don't don't know if they beat philly but i do know this will be their best shot that they can give this is their super bowl so to speak and i think gino's gonna have a huge day i'm all aboard the gino train that's the quarterback i wanted to talk about too but before you take the next guy because i want to make sure i get to say something original on this show uh, i'm selling another quarterback and you said it earlier before you started talking about gino about how that top eight of the quarterbacks is consensus and again I'm attacking one of those top eight guys and saying this guy's going to lose you your fantasy playoff matchup if you start him this week. And this is against <clears throat> this is against uh, uh, what what has been happening because this guy's only been trending upwards so much so that a team that was ready to let him go is now considering keeping him. And I'm saying you got to sit Justin Fields this week against the Cleveland Browns. I understand his rushing ability has gives him such a high floor that you almost want to go with him no matter what. But Cleveland's defense has been. destroying people left and right. And they have given up some big games to certain positions throughout the weeks, but I believe that this Cleveland defense with Joe Flacco and the weather that's coming into Cleveland this week, I think it's a very low-scoring game, and I'm very scared to see what Justin Fields does in this game. Cleveland's going to have some turnovers. I think Chicago's going to have some turnovers. I think it's going to be a very sloppy, disgusting display of football. And I could see both of these teams not getting the double-digit points. I am sitting Justin Fields this week. I think there are bench guys like Geno that will outscore him based on output alone. But yeah, I'm out on Justin Fields this week. We great. We told you to buy in next last week. He QB three. I'm telling you this week, I'm not touching him. That's a, that's a tough one, man. That, that That's a real tough one. And that, that's, that's a good eye. Keep it on the weather there because we've got about, you know, you're looking at that game. I think that game and the Atlanta Falcons at Carolina Panthers are the two. We do want to keep our eye on for this matchup. Actually, even in only in cost Florida, you 45 cents to go to that game in Carolina, Dell. 45 cents tickets I, I, were I, I, I wouldn't pay that. So <laughs> I'll pass on Bryce Young there. The Dolphins game could have some actually weather concerns as well. But yeah, when you're looking overall uh, at that matchup, just keep an eye on some of the Browns injuries, but that could be negated by on defense, but that could be negated by the weather, as you said there. So I, I'm, I'm a few spots lower in, than Justin Fields. I don't know if I could recommend just outright benching him this week, but. Yeah, it all, it all uh, depends it, on who you have. Is it like you're not starting Joe Flacco over him? But I'm saying yeah. if you have a bench guy that you've been trading in and out with, and you probably do if you had Justin Fields in your team for how how long he's missed, I'm telling you, you're going with the other guy. Out of the out of the top eight we mentioned, I would agree if you were to say, "Hey, I'm starting Matthew Stafford at home against the com- Commanders, who are the, the leakiest secondary in the league." I would understand that. Uh, I would understand Geno if he's fully cleared. Uh, I don't know if I could go any further than that. I, I honestly, I, I could not live with myself for starting Sam Howell over Justin Fields, uh, Kyler Murray. He's got a very tough matchup against San Francisco, and then you're starting to get into the Jordan Love, Jake Browning, uh, Russell Wilson area. So I don't know if I could get into that uh, as opposed as opposed I, I, to Fields. I, I, but I'd have no problem play. playing. I'd have no problem playing Danger Russ Wilson or Jordan Love this week against uh, Jordan, yeah. uh, instead of uh, Justin Fields. I've, I would have no problem with that based on the matchups they have. But Dell, the second quarterback yeah. you want to talk about, who we diving into? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go into that same range with Jordan Love, who I do like I, very much as a stri- streamer this week. Uh, but I've sp- I've talked about him before in this show, so just know that I like him a lot. I've got him as my QB 12 overall, right in that range with Geno, Sam Howell, and Kyler Murray. That's nine through 12 for me. Uh, I actually do like a lot, and this is a guy that I've still seen on waivers in a lot of leagues. He was one of my top five write-ups on my fantasy fallout column. You can get that every Tuesday at postdaskgazette.com. Uh, we'll have that through the rest of the season, even through week 17 for the fantasy finals, for those of you who are still playing. When I wrote this up on Tuesday, 
He was only 0.1% owned. And that's the new Vikings quarterback, Nick Mullins. I, I actually am pretty bullish on Nick Mullins. We saw in his time uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, mind you, this is quite a few years ago here, but in 2018 and 2022, under Kyle Shanahan's tutelage, he threw for 4,700-plus yards, 25 passing touchdowns. The Vikings have a solid offensive line, and the Bengals' defense has been one of the uh, fantasy-friendliest when it comes to the offenses who are going up against them. So I think you're talking about Kevin O'Connell. We saw what he did in the first couple starts with Josh Dobbs. We saw the season, the career season that Kirk Cousins was having with him before he got hurt. I think we're looking at one of the best play callers and schemers in the league right now, and I trust him in at least in this first full start with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is more of the Kirk Cousins type of mold than Josh Dobbs was. And I think with the weapons here, just Justin Jefferson has already been confirmed to play. Hawkinson's healthy. Addison's healthy. They also have a couple ancillary guys there. And I think a full game with Ty Chandler as the starting running back, given that Alexander Madison's out, that could provide some sneaky juice that we haven't seen out of the backfield in this offense as well. So for me personally, Tony, I'm a little bit surprised that the total in this game isn't in like the mid to high 40s. The last I looked when it opened, it was around 40 points overall. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I think this is a sneaky shootout game. And the guys who are getting the volume on both sides, both quarterbacks as well, I'm trusting them if, if I need them because I think they're solid matchups on paper here. So I got Nick Mullins like 10 spots ahead of consensus. I don't think he's going to be the best, but I think you can absolutely start him with confidence this week. Interesting. Nick Mullins, welcome back to our lives. It's the QB carousel never stops in the NFL, but let's move on to the RB carousel, my friend. This is another one last week that you did pretty well telling us who to dive into. I said last week that you need to not start Austin Eckler anymore, and I was wrong if you started him last week, but if you started him last night, Thursday night football in your fantasy playoffs, I'm sorry, you've probably already lost your fantasy playoffs. So let's dive into the running back position because I got another sell candidate that uh, is going to get me into some hot water here. But, Dell, who's the first running back you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the guy I just mentioned here, Ty Chandler, man. I, I think that he's a borderline top 10 option with no Alexander Madison in Minnesota. We've seen the Bengals' defense. You know, they, they, they've they made some splash plays here and there this year. But overall, uh, they're 26, bottom 10 in ESPN's run-stop win rate. The Vikings, on the other hand, they're a top 10 in PFF run-blocking grade. I think this is a matchup here where, again, like we're going to have the Vikings on the road. So I think that they're going to need to keep pace with the Bengals who have been playing well these last couple weeks here. And you're looking at a guy like Ty Chandler. He's the type of guy that if given the opportunity, his athletic measurables are absolutely off the yeah. charts. Uh, yeah. You know, he didn't get much touch. He got a handful, literally, literally as much as you can count on one palm uh, touches last season. But you look at overall, he came into the 2022 NFL draft with a 98th percentile, 40-yard dash, 92nd percentile speed score. You know, he's got the juice, Tony. He, he absolutely does have the juice. And just one long play, as we've seen with some of these players, can win you your fantasy matchup alone. You know, even if he gets 10 carries for 30 yards and then that 11th carry goes for a 50-yard touchdown, you're set for the week for your RB2 spot. So I think that he should absolutely not be on waiver wires anymore. I don't know what his percentage went up to, but I've got him locked into my top 15, even in my top 10 at the moment right now. Mm. I think you can absolutely trust them in any size league that you're in this week. All aboard the Minnesota Vikings this week. I am going to tell you to sit someone that you have been waiting to come back for so long. You got him probably off of waiver wires early in the year and you were so excited when he was running all over the place that he got injured then he comes back then he gets injured again then he comes back and now once again he's dealing with a third injury in what 14 games and it's Devon HN. I understand this guy is a rocket ship and if he gets the ball he can turn to a touchdown immediately but this is now his third injury he's coming off of in as many games and it's a toe injury which is not good for running backs and Raheem Mostert is doing just fine in that Miami offense and they need to win against this Jets team that is going to play great defense there's news that Aaron Rodgers is making one-handed interceptions on the scout team in camp they are excited in New York they think they potentially have a chance at the playoffs uh, Miami's going to need to shake off the rust of what happened in Tennessee, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I don't think they'll be able to trust what Devon A. Chan can give them, so they're going to go with the guy Raheem Mostert and what they can get out of Tyree Kill. I'm I'm very hesitant to play 
a guy who has just been as unreliable as he has been as explosive. And if I have a do or die matchup, I'm not rolling the dice with a guy that might not get 10 touches in the game. Granted, every one of those touches could turn into an 80 yard touchdown. I don't think this is the week you can play him. And I understand he does really well in the passing game. And if you're in a PPR league, you probably need those receptions to get those uh, that high floor. If you're nowhere near half PPR or a standard scoring league, I'm not starting that guy. I'm trying to find someone else who can play. Devon H. and I am out on for this week against the Jets. Dell, who's the second running back we're talking about? Uh, I will, Devon H. and did come back to practice today, so he did practice. However, Tyree Kill still hasn't practiced. Would you feel better or worse with, with Tyree Kill if he's ruled out about Devon H. and a hundred million percent worse. You saw how bad that offense was without Tyree Kill against a really bad Titans defense. Statistically, it's going to be even worse against the Jets. That's going to be a very Tyree Kill makes or breaks that whole entire scheme. And if they don't have him, everything shuts down. So I, I'd feel even worse. Yeah, I, I don't fault you for that. I think the target share is something where it, it all depends on who you have here. I mean, look, you're talking about the consensus in the industry right now. Devon Achan's at RB21. He's sandwiched in between. James Cook, Chuba Hubbard. I think you could absolutely trust James Cook over Devon Achan. DeAndre Swift's right in that range. Devontae Williams. DeAndre Swift. I'm starting all those guys over him. I'm starting all those guys over him. There's not even a question in my mind. Jerome Ford, Najee Harris, those are the guys behind him. So I think that the industry is pretty set on RB21. If you if you need him as an RB2, you can use him. But I could I could understand the pessimism for sure. Like uh, like to to me, I, I don't trust Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But to me, Najee Harris and Jerome Ford, they're guaranteed 15, 15 touches. Like guaranteed. Like they might not produce much with them, but they're guaranteed. I don't know if a chance guaranteed anything with what's going on in that game and with his injuries right now. So that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's fair. You know, nine targets, impressive. If he has that role locked in, you're absolutely starting him. But I understand it's a one game sample. Can you actually trust that? You know, TBD on that. So the, we'll see what the matchup, see how he performs in a tough matchup like this for sure. Uh, you know, when we look at the board, I mean, it's easy to say that I'm going to sell the Steelers running backs. Like I, I'm going to talk about them too much here in this spot here. But what I will say uh, overall is that, you know, I, I there's a couple running backs that I do like in the same range. And one of them I just mentioned in that same group. And I, and I actually do actually like a lot of Javante Williams this week I, I think the matchup just any player going up against the Detroit Lions is, is due for a breakout game and we saw Javante Williams like his his workload has remained borderline elite ever since they came right before the bye week actually dating back to week six week seven he's had double digit carries in every single game uh over the last three weeks alone he's had a combined 48 carries overall we saw him finally find Pater last week I think a lot of touchdowns are due again in a potential fantasy shootout with the Lions here. Uh, also has had a minimum of three targets in three straight games now. He's had 13 targets combined over his last three. So as long as the touchdowns, the potential for touchdowns are there, and he's getting used in the red zone, which keeps me bullish about that positive regression coming his way. So I think Javante Williams is a guy that I've got him ranked as RB14. Consensus has him at R- as RB18. I would start Javante easily over uh, a Brees Hall, even though Brees Hall had a bounce back game himself last week. I would trust him over Joe Mixon. That's a type of range, even over Ezekiel Elliott, despite Zeke getting all those crazy fluky targets against the Steelers. So I'm quite bullish on Javante Williams, possibly having his best fantasy outing in this juicy matchup here with the Lions. I like that. I like that a lot because I have Javante Williams. And the other guy I have in my league that matters the most to me is the next running back I'm talking about who I think is going to have a big day. And it's another guy, Dell, you briefly mentioned when we were going through the Devon Chan list, and it's James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I understand the matchup against Dallas is not pretty for anybody, but the what has changed since they got rid of Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator has been the usage of James Cook has gone has come back to form. I'm still seeing Latavius Murray work more than I want to, but the way they're using James Cook, especially in the passing game, man has 16 targets in the past three games, can attack this team. And I think Buffalo is going to do everything they can to try and get away from what Dallas does best. And Buffalo has really started to figure some stuff out here. They've been very competitive the past few weeks. I think James Cook continues his dominance again. Since they fired Ken Dorsey, the guys finished RB9, RB17, and last week he was RB3. 
Uh, right now, he's around consensus RB20, and I think that's just flat out wrong. I think James Cook is a must-start. I have all the trust in the world of playing him this week. Dell, is there any type of sleeper running back or some type of stash maybe for the later, uh, the later weeks you want to look at? Obviously, it's do or die right now, but is there anybody else you want to throw a fishing line out for? Uh, I think it's uh, Chase Brown still available, Bengals rookie running back. Uh, We've seen the explosiveness out of him. I wrote him out as one of my top five guys, Uh, similar to what I talked about with Ty Chandler. I mean, the athletic profile is absolutely there. He was player profile, had him ranked as the fifth fifth most athletic running back of the 2023 NFL running back class, 92nd percentile, 40-yard dash. Also had a top 10 percentile in the burst score, speed score, and his bench press. That's a strong fast dude who actually received a very large workload in his time playing in the Big Ten at Illinois. His only real issue coming into the league, which caused him to be like a fourth, fifth round pick, was a little bit of a fumbling issue, which I think is one of those things that can be fixed more easily than we think coming into the pros. We saw in that first game two weeks ago, they, they basically did not use him on any passing downs or route running. He actually did that last week, and we saw him take that long touchdown catch to the house. So I think if this could evolve over these next few weeks into a situation where the Bengals are playing this dump dump down style, short passing screen game type of passing attack, and they're comfortable using Chase Brown in almost like a 50-50 role, kind of similar to some of the games we saw last year with Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, then we could see ourselves having a flex option where yes, the floor is low, mind you, but the ceiling could be very, very high. And I like the Bengals schedule over these next couple a couple weeks to have to put up points. So Chase Brown, if you're desperate for a flex with a high upside, if you're an underdog, you need to take a swing for the fences. I actually don't mind doing so on a talented running back with explosiveness like Chase Brown. I'm happy you brought up the idea of how to attack a playoff matchup. If I'm the underdog, do I need to take a chance? Do I need a guy that's just going to get me a high floor? Because that rolls into one of my picks for the wide receiver section coming up next. So let's dive right in to the wide receivers. A lot of people coming back from injury for this game. We talked earlier. We don't know what Tyreek Hill is going to do. He hasn't been practicing. Dell, is there the first wide receiver? Anybody jump out that you want to talk about first off here? No, I mean, I, I mean, look, Justin Jefferson's back. You're starting him, right? Like, there's, there shouldn't be any question about that. Jamar Chase, uh, you're starting him. Like, you, you start those guys. Like, those are elite players. Yes, Jamar Chase didn't do much last week, but I don't care. Like, don't get too cute with your lineup. Like I'm not starting DeAndre Hopkins over Jamar Chase. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. Uh, Against his old team in the, in the (laughs) old uniforms. I don't know. I I don't think the Titans need to throw one pass in that game and they could still win 28 to nothing over Davis Mills because CJ Stroud was ruled out today. That's the one thing that worries me there. I actually bumped Hopkins down a few spots just because of that. But uh, I think maybe the one area you make an exception for matchup wise is the Rams being at home against the commanders. Uh, but I don't want to get too crazy with it because Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are both in absolutely fantastic spots here. But I'm still surprised, Tony, that Devonta Smith is not getting the respect that he deserves overall. You're you going to give him matchup. two weeks in a row? I, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why he's being ranked as a borderline top 20 receiver. He's had double-digit targets now in back-to-back weeks, 73 yeah. yards last week. The, the three weeks before that had 90-plus yards in each of those games. Uh, again, like on the road against Seattle, you can throw on this Seahawks defense here, and you you add a touchdown into that mix with that volume and big playability. That's a guy that's playing like not ninety percent plus of the routes every single week. So for me, again, like you're looking at all these guys kind of jumbled in that wide receiver ten down to wide receiver twenty twenty four range, and I think that Smith has just as much upside than any of those guys, even guys like Brandon Ayuk, uh, Stephon Diggs, et cetera. So I, I'm still pretty bullish, like. The reason I'm calling Smith out is because I got him at wide receiver nine and his, yeah. his, his ECR, his expert consensus ranking is wide receiver 19. That's a pretty big gap for being in the top 20. So I, I think that he's locked in to me. Like I am not benching Devonte Smith under any circumstances. Now, I, I really enjoy that you gave out a wide receiver that you also gave out last week because I too, Dell. I'm giving out a wide receiver that I gave out last week. And the wide receiver I gave out last week finished as the wide receiver 10, which is also coincidental because he scored what his is his 10th touchdown of the season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's right. Ten out of 13 games. This man has scored a touchdown. Dell, you brought up if I'm an underdog or if I'm a heavyweight in this fantasy matchup, if I'm projected to win after a few games, how do I attack? Do I start the Gabe Davises of the world that might get a zero, might get a 40? We don't know. I like 
to 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 sort of spread my assets out. I want some guys that are going to be hit or miss, and I want some guys that are just going to be consistently. I know the number that they're going to get. I can write it down in pen before the snaps even happen. And Cortland Sutton is that dude. Oh, this that. dude over and over and over again just produces the same. Four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. That's all he is. Yet all he does every single week, and it is beautiful to watch. One-handed grabs as the defensive back is draped all over him. It doesn't matter. Russell Wilson is throwing a moon ball to him, and Cortland Sutton's coming down with it. The past five weeks, he has finished uh, wide receiver 14 or better four of those five weeks, and now he's, he's got the consensus ranking as wide receiver 20. It doesn't make any sense to me. He is playing the Detroit Lions, who need cannot cover anybody as a, from the wide receiver position. And I know... Denver might struggle here. They might not be able to keep up with the Lions. They're going to have to throw to play in this game. And I, I think the Lions beat them up real bad, actually. But I still believe Cortland Sutton's going to have some moments. And that's all you need in a fantasy playoff. I like consistency. And I guarantee you, Cortland Sutton, he's not going to get you 30 points. But he's not going to get you zero points. He's going to get you a nice even 15 and just keep moving that train along to the semifinals or finals in your fantasy league. Cortland Sutton's the wide receiver. I'm writing in pen. No doubt about it. Dell, next wide receiver you want to talk about. Yeah, it's all reliable right there. I, I finally have come to my senses with Cortland Sutton because, again, like one, usually I would say 90 to 95% of the time, touch, touchdown rate and regression is a real thing where you can get lucky in the touchdown yeah. department. You can get unlucky, but this is a scheme part of this offense. Like Russell Wilson is consistently looking to Sutton no matter what level of the field he's throwing from and. The inconsistency with Judy has just been out of this world. Exactly. Like we saw last week, because I gave out Cortland Sutton, I watched that Denver Broncos game with a with a keen eye, and I was so mad at how many passes were going to Judy because he's just – he's Steve Smith put it correctly. Jerry Judy is just a guy. Yes. And then second half of the game, they start throwing it to Cortland Sutton, and oh, looky there, Cortland Sutton was coming down with the balls that Jerry Judy couldn't toe-tap in. Like Cortland Sutton's a dude. All right, sorry I interrupted. Jerry Judy's going off week 18, guarantee, when it doesn't matter for fantasy. Well, it doesn't the matter. Broncos are eliminated already from the playoffs. So, yeah. Hey, you know, there, there's a couple guys I like in this range. Let, let's focus on one, and I can list off a couple under-the-radar sleepers, I think, that you could actually trust this week. And the one guy that I'm absolutely – and this is a situation where – Two weeks ago, I, I was starting to feel a little hesitant, but Mark Andrews went down, unfortunately, for those who had him, and in steps Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, in the four games he's played without Mark Andrews this year, has had double-digit targets in every single one of them. Uh, I believe that's 41 targets overall in those four games. He's been yep. by far and away the number one receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, OBJ is the one making the splashy downfield plays, but OBJ's playing like 47% of the routes. Like he's only out there for less than half the snaps each and every game. Zay Flowers is out there for almost 100% of yeah. every play. And they're trusting him in the running game with the jet sweeps. They're trusting him in the slot, in the screen game. Those red zone and downfield targets, eventually they'll start trickling in. And if they do, it's going to put him into that borderline top 10 to top 15 range overall. Uh, we saw last week alone 10 targets, had the touchdown late in that game, half PPR scoring. He was the wide receiver seven overall. And that was coming one week after he was the wide receiver three in week 12 before their bye, where he had that 37-yard rushing touchdown to the house and also had a receiving score on eight targets. So the yardage is low, but they're finding unique creative ways to get this guy with the ball in his hands. And I think some of those downfield targets, especially against a pretty poor Jacksonville secondary will present themselves here when you need it most. I have a team where I lost Tank Dell. I traded away DK Metcalf and I'm like, man, I have to start Zay Flowers now. And I'm the most confident I've been all year in starting Zay Flowers because of that role that we've seen him in. So I've got him as my wide receiver uh, 20 or actually 19 right now. Consensus has him around wide receiver 25. So I'm extremely confident as him as your wide receiver two in week 15 here. Well, uh, Dell, uh, everything you just said can attribute to the guy I'm about to talk about, especially when you said the word that as a Green Bay fan is making me really angry right now, the word jet sweep. 
because if Jaden Reed is on your team right now, this is a must start in a matchup against a Buccaneers defense that is still suffering a lot of injuries, especially in the defensive backfield. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Green Bay has a lot of injuries as well, but Jaden Reed has turned into be the guy over the past few weeks. And if you're talking about uh, 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 what, what's the word, you like you were talking about how many targets and how many touches Zay Flowers is getting three of the past four weeks. Uh, Jaden Reed has nine touches, 10 touches, and then last week, 14 touches. A lot of those are targets. Some of them are rushes and he's getting touchdowns all over the place. This guy, we've talked about him all season long. Yep. Dell has gone through his measurables when he was at the combine, how explosive this guy can be. And Green Bay has unlocked him. And the fact that he is, I believe, the consensus uh, wide receiver 26, it doesn't make any sense to me. This guy is the entire Green Bay offense with Christian Watson out, with Aaron Jones having a knee injury. A.J. Dillon has a broken thumb. They don't know if he's going to play. All the things that are happening, Jaden Reed has been Mr. Reliable. Crazy that he is a rookie and a, a tradi a traditionally a smaller guy, too, that he is such a reliable force in this Packers offense that needs a huge bounce back after one of the most disappointing games of the season. Against the Tampa Bay defense that has been had, especially in the passing game, I love Jaden Reed this week. That is a must-start for me. Dell. Is there any wide receiver deeper down the list before we uh, uh, rifle through the other positions here? Jane Reed was next on my list after Zay Flowers, so I, I love the call there. I mean, the Bucks gave up 347 passing yards to Desmond Ritter last week, so this might be next to the Detroit Lions, the worst secondary in all of football, and next to the Washington Commanders as well. So speaking, of a, speaking of a high-scoring game, that is going to be a high-scoring game. I guarantee you, I don't know how many points they're going to score, Tony, but the the yard, the passing yardage totals are going to be cr crazy. I, I, 300 yard passing games for both Baker Mayfield and Jordan Love. I can absolutely see it in this game here. You know, one other guy we couldn't get to, and, and this is one where, you know, I'd rather, to, to be honest, this week, I know he's been great earlier in the year. And even last week, he kind of had a little bit of a bounce back game. Adam Thielen did. But. I'd much rather start Jackson Smith and Jigbo over Adam Thielen when it matters the most this week. Like I, I've got, uh, it's kind of a double double dip here. I've got, I've got my my fade of the week. I got Adam Thielen ranked as a wide receiver fifty. I ranked him as low as possible, so there's no way he's going to enter your lineup here. Uh, Falcons defense has been playing pretty well, especially with AJ Terrell back in the lineup. And conversely, I think a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigbo, you know, we haven't necessarily seen the con consistent production yet. But in this last game with Geno Smith against that against that Cowboys team that we talked about, eleven yeah. targets, seven catches, sixty-two yards. You know he's only had two touchdowns this year, but in this game against Philly, where they're going to need to throw, 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 and throw some more, I think that all three wide receivers for the Seahawks can eat. I think if you're in a full PPR league, you know I've got Smith and Jigba right next to guys like T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley. I think he's got just as much, if not more, upside than those guys. So if you're desperate, if you've had to deal with these injuries, or if you got Nico Collins, he's out this week. I think a guy that probably most people have had on their bench all year, you can slide him in. I think the floor is actually halfway decent, like a five-catch, 50-, 60-yard game. But if he does break off, he does have the talent to break off that long touchdown play. And in this matchup, those, those secondary matchups don't get much better than the Philadelphia Eagles here. So I think Smith and Jigba got him at wide receiver 30. I think in a, in a perfect world ceiling type of scenario could easily be top 10, top 15 this week. Uh, let's move on to the tight end position. Dell, uh, last week, who did we give out? Oh, yeah. I So I'm I'm calling a, uh, a, <laughs> a mulligan on last week because I came on here and I said start Taysom oh, Hill yeah. and he didn't play. And the week before that, I said start David Njoku. And then David Njoku came on last week, was a tight end too, because Joe Flacco kept on chucking him the ball. I told you to hold on to David Njoku because of the Joe Flacco connection. This week, I'm diving into another tight end that I think you need to hold on to. Might be a sneaky sleeper from that tight end position. But Dell, who's the first guy you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to go like top seven, top eight. But I, I think if you got Isaiah Likely, you're starting him. Uh, that's your guy. That, that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, like I, the guys ahead of him are the guys that deserve to be. Evan Ingram showed that he's like the new Calvin Ridley. I mean, the new Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. So there's no. Yeah. And he did it against Cleveland, which is just absolutely amazing. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a full fade on Evan Ingram last week. If you've got him, you're you could even start him in your flex. I think he's that good in this matchup coming up here. Mm. Uh, Dallas Goddard. I mean, you got to trust him. You know, he has the track record. Uh, and then the guys we know, Laporta, McBride, Kittle, Hawkinson, Kelsey, like those guys you're starting. We don't need to talk about them. You're starting. 
But once you get into this next range here, you know, tight ends eight through tight end, let's say 13, 14 in that range. I, I think Isaiah Likely's at the top of that group there uh, in my tier two of tight ends. You know, I talked about his athletic measurables in my in my fallout column a couple weeks ago. And, you know, this is an elite athlete at the tight end position. And we've seen Lamar Jackson target his tight ends in the past with high frequency. So I think that I don't think it's a fluke at what Isaiah Likely did uh, the last time we saw him play. And, and this is even more of a pass-friendly uh, matchup in terms of fantasy here. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the fifth worst or fifth most friendly fantasy defense against opposing tight ends. Tight ends are averaging 12% more points per game on average against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And then we saw Isaiah Likely in his two starts. He's had 13 targets, nine catches, 123 yards, plus the touchdown. This is a guy you absolutely can start, especially when Dalton Kincaid in that range. He's been banged up. Dawson Knox is back. This Bills offense is struggling as a whole. I've got Likely one spot ahead of Dalton Kincaid, two spots ahead of Jake Ferguson. So I've got him ahead of David Njoku, Taysom Hill, that range right there, which I think are all valid, viable starts. But mm. I like likely the most out of that group. Uh, this is a, a deep one for me. This is if you're desperate. This is if you had Mark Andrews and didn't pick anyone else up. This is this is a struggle bus city <clears throat> from the tight end position. But I do believe against the matchup in a game that I think the Rams are going to throw all over the place, I think you can look at Washington to try and get some garbage time points with Logan Thomas. The Rams are the 31st worst defense against the tight end position and giving up fantasy points this season and the last time logan thomas had a matchup against the defense that was in the green versus the tight end position philly uh, eight targets six receptions 44 yards and a touchdown he was the tight end eight chicago back in week five 11 targets nine receptions 77 yards and a touchdown he was the te5 i think logan thomas has a chance if you're desperate to really get himself up off the mat and be a guy that is a serviceable player <clears throat> this week in the fantasy football players. What do you think about Logan Thomas still? Yeah. I mean, that that's the number one matchup for opposing fantasy. I thought you were going to say Tyler Higby, uh, but I like Logan Thomas better than that. And that that's a tough one because, you know, you, you see the name, you see the age and you're like, how, how high can I really rank this guy? We haven't seen, seen him play in a couple of weeks. Like you said, but, uh, you know, when, when you get into the range, again, I mentioned through tight end 12, Taysom Hill, uh, Darren Waller's coming back this week. No chance. I, I, I would have a hard time trusting Darren Waller in his first game yeah. back to my R in like two months. Like I'm uh, talking, if, you, if you're desperate and you're struggling between the Taysom Hill, Darren Waller, like this is Logan Thomas to me 10 yeah. times in a row, like twice yeah. on Sunday. I'm starting him over and over again. The thing that I like about that game, which this surprised me, the Vegas books know way more than I do. They make way more money betting than I do, is that this game's this is a game open with a 49-point total. They're expecting a lot of points in this game. Yes, they're expecting more points for, uh, for the Rams, obviously, being six-and-a-half-point six favorites, but the Washington Commanders are imp implied for almost 22 points in this game as well. So yeah. they're expecting Washington to put up some points here. The Rams' defense hasn't been all that great. So, yeah, I like that call just in terms of a volume. A uh, safer floor-based type of play. The only other guy I could say maybe you'd want to start in that scenario would be a Tucker Craft. I've got him at tight end fourteen and Thomas at tight end sixteen. The serial killer. Just because it's like you know he's the rookie, he's got juice. Uh, the matchups there too. So I'm go I'm always going with the young, younger, sexier name than the old wily vet. But uh, could easily see the case for Thomas though. I don't mind that at all. Let's move on to defense, Dell. Last week, you gave out the Minnesota Vikings and Ho-Hum. They shut out the Raiders. Ooh, they were the defense, too. Pretty good Pretty the good. The team that scored you. 75 points against the Chargers yeah. last uh, on Thursday night. The, the team yeah. that scored 85, 87 points against Brandon Staley and got him fired today. Pretty, pretty good pick by you. <laughs> Who's the defense we're going with this week in a very pivotal fantasy playoff? Man, this one is uh, this is tough. You know, I, I, I just want to say, look, I've got these guys way ahead of consensus, but – I just want to say, if you have Falcons or Colts, you're starting both of them. Falcons, I almost have number one this week. They're at care. Any defense that's playing against yeah. Bryce Young, you are starting yeah. 120%. That's not going to be my Slim sleeper. Dunk. Doesn't count as a sleeper this week. Uh, I'm going to go to a defense that this is definitely a sleeper. Uh, they are consensus defense 19. I've got them consensus defense seven. And that's the Chicago Bears. Wow. Uh, the Bears have been an elite defense, man. Like, it, it's it's amazing what this defense has done since they made the trade 
uh, a couple uh, weeks or almost a month ago now. Yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat, et cetera, with Washington. And we've seen them be like they, in the last six weeks, they are top two in run defense. They are top 10 in pass rush grade. And even in the secondary, they're making plays and limiting opponents. Now, what I will say as well here is that, yeah, Joe Flacco has been step, uh, stepping back and slinging it and ripping it. But the Browns are dealing with multiple injuries on the offensive line right now. You know, this is a game where we could see some weather, some wind here, 37-point total. This could be one of those 6-3 to three type of games. You mentioned the fact you don't like Justin Fields. I think you can say the same thing for the Browns offense on the other side because this Bears defense is no joke right now, and they have a legit chance to try to backdoor their way into wild card contention if they get this win here. So I think the Bears, you could ride out. They're home next week against the Falcons, uh, home in Week 17 against the Cardinals. I think you could start him the rest of the way. I would have, at the very least, if you got an extra bench spot, drop your fourth or fifth receiver, pick up the Bears defense, and don't let your opponent play them against you because they yeah. have some high upside right now. Dell, I like that pick a lot because I might have them in one of my leagues this week, so I'm very happy you said that. But let's move on to the reason we do this podcast. <laughs> fantasy Pros is a website out there that gets all these fantasy experts and takes their rankings and puts them all into a computer, and that's how we get these expert consensus rankings because they're taking rankings from everywhere. And Chris Dell is one of the experts that gives out rankings to this website that co- calculates all these all these uh, experts' opinions. And the other thing Fantasy Pros does is it grades them afterwards. It sees where your rankings were versus what the actual numbers were. Yep. And I have the pleasure, the honor, to talk to, out of 148 experts, the man who has ranked kickers the best out of anyone, number one in the world, Dell, you are, the kicker guy you you are the fantasy kicker expert so Dell dive in here who is the kicker we're going into and why is it not the Dallas kicker that I still don't know the name of who who is the number one kicker from the best number kicker, one fantasy best, for, expert Brandon Aubrey's the best kicker in the league right now glad we best gave kicker him ever. one yeah best kicker ever right I'm, I'm gonna go with, with a young guy 24 year old uh kicker from Riverside California plays for his hometown team college kicker at Arizona, went undrafted in 2022, bounced around the league to the Colts, to the Cleveland Browns. All of a sudden, out of the blue these last two weeks, why, why is Matthew Stafford playing so well? Oh, it's, you know, maybe because he has Lucas Haversick oh as goodness. his kicker right now. This guy doesn't even have a profile picture on the apps you're looking at right now. Fantasy Pros doesn't even have a profile pick for this guy, but he's made five field goals in the last two weeks. He's been the kicker for in the kicker three against the Browns and the Ravens. And now they get a spot where they're projected for 28 points against the Washington commanders at home. It might just be extra points in this game, mind you, but he's going to get there one way or the other. And he's going to get some changes to kick that football here. So I really like Lucas. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering the name, but Lucas Haversick, 90% chance he's available on waivers in your league right now. I'll also say Lucas beat out Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby yes. was brought in two weeks ago because Sean McVay wanted some type of competition, and Mason is cut this week. <laughs> Lucas kept the job, so there's a lot of faith there for Lucas. I like that pick, but that is it for this week of the Steel Town Sleepers. We'll be back the upcoming weeks for the regular season. We also have some fun playoff ideas that we're going to be coming at you with once the playoffs kick in. I doubt the Steelers will be there, but we'll still be talking about it, but that's it. For the App PG Sports Now YouTube channel for the North Shore Drive podcast family, my name's Tony Squares. That's the lovely Chris Dell, winner, winner, kicker, dinner, and uh, we'll see you next week. Let's go Colts. It. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>